And if you're ready and you've got your Bible at Matthew chapter 9 and verse 37, 38, would you please stand for just one moment as we read these in honor of God's word. Then saith he to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, help us today. Lord, as we have a message to come from you today, Lord, as you have dropped this into my spirit to preach, and Lord, not knowing how it was going to be as I started, and Lord, I don't know now. But Lord, I know that, God, that you've gave us a word today, and I pray that, God, it won't fall on deaf ears. God, I pray that you would open people's hearts, and God, you would speak to them in whatever way you need to speak to them through this message. And they would leave here enriched today and they would say, I believe the Lord is speaking to me. Lord, I don't believe, God, when you send a message, I don't believe there's nobody would leave the doors. If they've got hear ear to hear, God, I believe that nobody will leave these doors and saying, boy, I didn't get anything out of that. So God, you bless and you, you send forth your word this morning and I'll praise you for it in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Wow, as I was coming from Covington the other day, been down with Loretta there at surgery, I, I come by the fields, and uh, the cotton field, and my goodness, it was white. It was so white. I mean, it was one of the whitest fields I've ever seen, and, and God has really blessed this year. He has sent rain, and you can see it in the crops and all that's going on, and, and I, I know that you, you see that, or maybe you was going down the road in the last few days, and Sometime when they cutting soybeans, it seemed like a dust storm going on, and someone said it's mighty dry in it. I said, well, it's a good time to be dry because they're harvesting the crop, but sometimes that dust can just, you know, go across, you know, there. Maybe you've seen, as I've seen, a wagon, a big truck, and they had filled it up with corn, and I wondered. It was so full, and it was just kind of to a point. I was wondering, had they filled it too full? Is it spilling off on the ground? That was the thought that come to my mind. I've been by where they have baled hay this time of year. A lot of hay's being baled and the, and the hay is out in the field. So I, I can see that we're, we're living in 2019 where the, where the harvest when it comes to crops is great. I've seen that. I've seen, I've seen in 2019 as we live that people are being blessed. And everywhere that I turn, the harvest seem like in what they're doing, they have plenty of work. They have plenty to do. Statistics will tell us that there's more jobs than there's been and forever. Seem like and not in even my lifetime, even before that, the jobs are, if you want to work, you can get a job. You can get a good job. So therefore, the, the harvest is plentiful. And sometimes, but if you've ever had a, a business, what is the problem that you have in a business? Can't get no help. Now, every one of y'all knew that. Y'all need to testify. Can't get any help. Y'all that have been in a business, doesn't matter, Brother Randy, whether you're selling cars or whatever you're doing or whether you've got a mechanic shop or whatever you do, when God goes to blessing, and God goes to just sinning and, and, and the shop is full and there's cars everywhere and people comes up and they, and they won't work down on the car. You know, you would tell them, man, I, I'd be glad to do it. I, I want to do it. And, and, I, and, you know, I've got the tools maybe to do it. But my situation is, is, is I can't find help. 
So many times people say, if I had to help, I mean, I've, I've got three or four houses, you could say, as I built houses and all kind of situations, you know. And so Jesus is coming and he's telling us this message. And, and we have just come out where he talked about maybe the woman with the issue of blood in, in verse 20 right there. And then, then he goes right on, right on over to someone else that, that a, a maid there was having a, a situation. And, and a blind man, two blind men followed him crying, thy son of David, in verse 27, have mercy on us. And he, he touched them. He said, believe that you that I am able to do this. And they said to him, yea, Lord. And they said, I believe that you're able to do such a thing. And he said, according to thy faith, be it unto you. And so a lot of times what we have in life, and it won't probably be the things materialistic that really makes us happy in life. It's the things that we only can get from the Lord. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, I read it yesterday about leaning not on your own understanding. Sometimes we, we, we set what we can do just on our own understanding. And the Lord comes to us and he's got all kind of verses that he, that he tells us about how, how he'll bless us beyond what we can even ask or think and how the Lord wants to bless us. And, but in the meanwhile, the Lord has a task for every one of us. Uh, I say this sarcastically and I know that and I'm glad I ain't got to sp spell that word, but, but I... But I, I come to you today and sometimes we just think that we were such a blessing to the Lord when we came and gave him our life. We, we think that, boy, we were just such a blessing like, boy, I know they glad I done. I, I, I don't know in our mind, we, we really don't understand what we enlisting in. We really don't understand how blessed we are. I don't know about you, but I, I don't think there's any team that there is in any kind of sport that I'd love to be on to be a loser. I really don't. And when we come and we, we come to the Lord and we ask him to come into our life, how the Bible says, I ain't never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. I've never, it says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor he, his seed begging for bread and how we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened us and so many miracles around the church when the Lord has counted us out. So many tears have been shed because of situations that we get in. But the Lord, he was there right on time. He, he wasn't late and he wasn't early, but he, he just kind of flew right in there, bigger than Superman. He, he leaped tall buildings in a single bound, didn't he? And didn't he show up just right on time? All through your life, didn't he do so? But Jesus, let's just say he had come to town and his help on the way. Oh, just in uh, building houses, I have found myself in, in some pickles. I remember I was telling Brother Harris that uh, one day I was, had built a brand new home and we had felt it in. It was just right at the last minute. Maybe it had worked to dark. It was raining the next morning and, and it had come a freeze that night. And, and so there was one place around the dormer. It's on a 12, 12 pitch means it's at a 45. It's a pretty steep roof. And it was down at Ripley and, I, and, I, and so... Anyway, the whole house was getting wet over this one little spot. And I understand it was in the framing. 
People expect the house to get wet. They expect that because until the roof gets on, they knew it rained. They knew we pushed just to get the decking on and we put felt on. But right around the dormers, maybe up there in that peak or wherever it was, I can't remember in the valley. I don't remember. But, but, but I, I, I so wanted that house to be dry. It was hurting me that all that water was running in that brand new house. We love, Carl, to to build a house, and we love to get it built. And one of the blessings getting built, if you can get it built before it even rains and get it dried in, get, get, the, get the windows set in and never got rain. You know, just things look better. They just, inside, the, the, the plywood is not looking old or whatever. You know, all through the building process, it just makes for a far better job. But I, I remember looking up on that icy roof, and I can remember as tow boards as we nailed two befores across it. And I remember seeing the ice across the tow board. And, and on top of that, I had a ladder that was just barely, barely long enough for me to get up on the roof. I would rather it go above the deck and maybe about two feet. So when you get up there, you got something to grab a hold and you start your way on the tow board. I can remember going up that roof and I can remember after I'd fixed the little situation that I had and it was all in the same place that I was so close to the ridge that I happened to just look over the ridge and I seen another place that the felt had tore. And I wanted so bad to fix that place. And so therefore I was easing down that icy roof and I was thinking if, if, if I was to fall off the roof, would, it, would even anybody even come by? It was on a holiday and I said, would even anybody even come by to even check to see? And I remember how dangerous it was and I know that the Lord, just like he's kept you, has kept me. But in so many things, I, I can see that, that God was that help how he'll be your present help in, in your time of trouble. So, so many times you've, you've done things in life and you know that it was all de dependent on you. Maybe you was out on a farm and you was doing something and something had to be done with cattle or whatever it was and nobody was there to help you. And you would say, well, if it's going to get done, if the, if the calf is going to get saved, it's all up to me. If the business is going to survive, it's all up to me. One other thing I just want to tell about Help being on the way, I remember Jack Fry, my friend, we were supposed to pour some concrete on a patio that he had out behind his house. And I was still building houses at the time and, and I called him the night before and I told him, Jack, I'm not gonna be there in the morning. I gotta go to the doctor. I'm gonna try to make it to the night. I got a kidney stone, man, it's killing me. I'm, I'm not coming. I can't come. And so anyway, I, I got a call as I was turning to get on the interstate and it was my friend Jack and he said, man, I didn't call the concrete company and they, they done pulled out back here and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to have to do the best that I can. And I said, man, I don't know, Jack. I, I don't know what to tell you. And then I finally told him, Jack, I'm on my way. I'm turning around and I'm coming. We're in there helping me they poured all that concrete. They thought they had to let that truck go on back to the plant. They dumped all that concrete in a great big pile. And before I could get there, not only did they dumped it in a great big pile, Brother Johnny Wayne, it done come a typhoon between where I was on the interstate and them. Therefore, it done washed all the cement off the top of the rocks. And when I got there, not only they poured it out, but they didn't plop in no water to it. It was just in a big old pile and it done got hard. And there I was, I knew that help wasn't on the way. I knew that even if they tried to help me, they don't know how to help me. They don't know where the concrete needs to be to start with. And I can remember that was an awful, awful day 
knowing that help was not on the way. Now, I'll tell you all that to back up and tell you some scriptures in verse 35. And if I can tell you this way, that seemed like to me that we would have nothing absolutely to blame on us being a labor for Jesus Christ and a soldier in his army. If Jesus came to town and he set up a, a tent and he was a, and he was the evangelist for that week or more than that, Jesus came to town and he built a church and this was his message and this was his message. What would you blame on that day? What would you blame on that day for you not being in God's army? What would you blame on that day that knowing that there's so many lost people that's around you, that's in your family, that the only way they're going to go to heaven is through the blood of Jesus. And seem like to me we make all these excuses why not that we don't go to church. It's not because we're not in the Lord's army. What's this right here. In verse 35, Jesus has come to town. Watch this. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The preacher is in town and healing every sickness and every disease among all the people. Man, Jesus is in town. He's manifest himself. He's healing all kind of folks. He's taking care of all kinds of diseases. And I come to tell you, that is no different in what he was doing than what I've seen. I've seen God in my lifetime, especially since I've got saved, he's done exceedingly and above anything that I could ask or think. I don't know about you. Chuck, as you stand to your feet, I was talking to your ex-boss of the day and he was talking about you and he was bragging on you, Chuck. And I was telling him that you was working and we was talking about it, And I was saying, Chuck is faithful. He, he wants to be in the house of the Lord. So when you, you can't outdo God. And if we knew how much we need him, I love the song says, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour. I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. I want to tell you that if God's been good to you, don't you shoot yourself in a, in a foot. The Bible said, he that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. It ain't how you started in this race. It's how you're going to finish it. You can make any excuse you want to, but you'll never be as good to God as God's been to you, and you'll never outdo God. Jesus had come to town. He's preaching. I hope you get the message. He's preaching. He's healing folks of every disease among the people. The sickness is gone. The diseases are gone. All manner of things is happening. But look at this King James bud. But when he saw the multitude, he was preaching in the synagogues. He was preaching in the church. He was healing folks and all manner of diseases were gone. And it says, but when he saw the multitude of people. You know how many folks that ain't in church today? You know how many folks ain't serving God today? You know how many folks woke up this morning that they done blaming somebody? Listen here, if you're not going to serve God, just lay blame on God and be done with it. You just don't think that God's been good enough and he don't deserve it. I come to tell you, he deserves everything we give him, every mile that you go and every hour that you give him. He deserves it. But when he saw the multitude, Jesus... He was moved with compassion on them because they had fainted. Fainted. Oh, 
done passed out. They done, they done got far away from where they started. They done got away from that commitment. I don't see how anybody, you can't take the word of God and prove to me how that you can say today that you're going to heaven. There had to be a time that God convicted you that you was lost and you was on your way to a devil's head. You listen to me. I know everybody's going to heaven when they die, but listen, there ain't no way that you can go to heaven unless sometimes in your life that you realize that you was lost and on your way to a devil's hell and it wasn't nobody but God could save you for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but ever have everlasting life. And then the Bible says, at that time, know you not that you're not your own no more. See, that's a dividing line, ain't it? You're not your own no more. Yeah, I mean, we want to go to heaven, but we still want to be our own. We want to go to heaven. We want to say, man, I know without a shadow of a doubt I'm going to heaven, but everything you do, you do because you're your own. I'm not really saying anything to you this morning. I'm just doing what the Lord would have me to say to you. I don't know how you're gonna take this message. I don't know if you're gonna take this message that I need to be a soldier. I don't know if you're gonna take this message that you got a brother. A sister. A mama. A daddy. A coworker. Just somebody that you met along the way. That the only Bible that they may ever read in their whole life may be you. You may be the only King James. You may be the only John 3, 16 that they'll never see. And you may say, man, I tell you what, I ain't got it going on. I probably do more wrong than I do good. I'm the last one that ought to be telling someone else about Jesus. Well, you know what? When you go to tell them about Jesus, you just tell them that. That'll get more done that you come across that you all high and mighty because really, every one of us sitting here apart from the blood of Jesus, ain't nobody going to heaven. Apart from God's mercy and grace, you ain't got to stand up. You ain't got to do nothing. I'm telling you the truth. There was a time you'd stand up for good preaching. But I'm going to tell you something. What I see for the church, they done fainted like a fainting goat. Look at They ain't thinking about the goodness of God no more. They'll go to the ball game. They'll clap all day long. But we got a God that done sent his only begotten son to die for our rotten sins. And we ought to be thankful. Brother Eddie, you trying to make us Pentecostal or something? Let me tell you something. If by God's grace, you happen to get in on Glory Street. Huh? You better get some practice in. You hear me? You, you ever at one time went to a gym and you said, well, I think I just might go back. Huh? You go and get it. You've been, been five years since you've been on that treadmill. You used to go 30, 40, 50 minutes. It wasn't no problem. But you ain't been on it in two years. And you go back and you get on it. I asked Owen the other night, I said, how you doing? He said, I'm a little sore. You're supposed to be. You're supposed to be. All the other guys, they've been playing all this time in baseball or whatever. What if you just don't ever swing a bat? That's why in baseball, look here, they don't just sign them up from last year. Say, come on, fellas, we're going to play baseball. We ain't practicing, just show up on the day. It'll be next year. Here's the first game. No, they practice. I believe down here. I believe if you don't do it here, you ain't going to do it there. 
I don't believe you look at the Bible said that's redeemed of the Lord say so. I don't believe if you thankful here, you wouldn't be thankful there. I believe if you could get to heaven in the same state that most church folks are, when you get to glory, God couldn't let you in because he said, I ain't gonna lie, you be no hypocrite. You talked about all the hypocrites done that. You run your mouth about all them, but you didn't worship me there and you're not gonna worship me here. He's worthy of your worship. But that ain't even what I come to preach to you about. That was just an appetizer, I guess. Jesus is preaching and Jesus is really sending out the message. Can you imagine that Jesus has found himself kind of in a bad place? And Jesus says, I wonder if help's coming. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if Jesus is saying out of his mouth, I wonder is help coming? I mean, I've been good. I did what the Father sent me to do. Man, we've been healing, folks. It's been evident that there's a need for me here. He said, but what I'm wondering is, I'm wondering. I'm just wondering. Is it anybody coming? You know, as we think about when Jesus hung on the cross and he hung there and he cried out of a loud cry and he said, Father, he was stuck there and they was just spitting on him and they was ridiculing him. And he said, Father, he said, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. I wonder, is the Lord in heaven says, I wonder is help coming. I wonder this country that we're living in, no matter what you think, I'm telling you the church, the bride, God has got a bride left here and you're it. If you've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb, you're that bride. He loves you. He's going to take care of you. And I want to tell you that God's bride is the only thing that's holding this thing together. Oh, I wish I, as Paul says, I, I desire to give you meat. I desire to give you what's, what's coming. I desire how far Away we put that day. I, I desire to tell you where we've come from and, and all the things that we're accepting to be okay. Where it used to be, I was in the office the other day and I was asked a question. I, I just turned and I seen my granddaddy's picture on the wall. Sister Linda, I looked at that picture. I was asked a question and I just looked at my granddaddy that was a preacher. I just looked at his picture on the wall. And I thought, what would Papa Camel do? It made it real easy to answer the question. See, God's, God's standards ain't changed. Boy, his goodness ain't changed. Man, how that we, how that we come because the Bible said because the iniquity abound, the love of many is going to wax cold. I mean, it ain't so much the love of, for, for one another here. It's a love for him. I'm going to tell you something. If you, you got a love for him, you ain't going to have no problem loving them. It don't make any difference. What I've decided in life, if I hadn't learned anything else, you're giving too much credit to people that are around you. I've learned there's absolutely one person that I know I can count on. And everybody else in the other boat, I know at any time they'll turn on you, they'll stab you in the back, and they'll lie on you. It don't make no difference how much you've done. It don't make no difference how far you've been with them. It don't matter. And I want to put something in your mind right now. Don't you trust man. 
The Bible said, don't you trust man. You put your trust in the Lord and you love. You can trust God. You can trust God. You can depend on God, but you cannot depend on man. You cannot count on man. Man, if there's been somebody that's walked a quarter mile with you through life, you just be thankful. You just be thankful. Now, y'all looking at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. But here we got Jesus right here. Brother Chad, he's putting out a plea. He's wondering, is help coming? This was way back before anybody had nice cars. I got thinking this morning why people used to go to church. Because they didn't have nowhere else to go. They didn't have nowhere else to go. Man, they, you know, they had to maybe gear up the mules and buggies. And Ray Taylor used to tell me about, about my granddaddy. And he, my granddaddy was his pastor and how his parents used to get him ready for church. And they would, they would have him on some nice jeans and a white shirt. And they would get in the wagon. And when they got to church, you know, they, all they had was little white rings around their eyes and their dusty shirt and their dusty face. And they was dirty when they started. Oh, but now God's done blessed us. Oh, man, God's blessed us. Boy, it just ain't no trouble. Man, we ain't got no washing. We got washing machine. We don't have to hang out no clothes. We got dryers. We got dishwashers. We got all these things. We got these cars. We can just get in. We can be. I mean, do you know for me, I guess I was just country and country, but Memphis, Tennessee used to be Arizona to me. Y'all remember that? Man, somebody said, you want to go to Memphis like you done lost your mind, man. I mean, come on, it's going to take three days. Oh, it's just there. To go to Nashville, I'll day, just go right on to Memphis. Then I'm right at the end of it. Just, it just ain't no problem. Just, just travel ain't no problem. Just get in my truck. Just breathe just the other day. Just, just over a crazy horse. <laughs> Drove five or four hours to Illinois. And I heard about another one, Brother Harris. It was in McCoo, Mississippi. Eight hours I went over there. And I'm on the horse sitting there trying it out at 15 minutes 11 at night. friend of mine, he said, man, why don't you spend the night? I said, for what? I'm going home. Man, get to traveling home. Time don't matter. You can get places just quick. We're just so blessed that way. Now, I'm going to get back and I'm going to close this message where Jesus is asking the question, is there any help on the way? Wouldn't it be something, I, I, I mean, wouldn't it be something that the Lord would allow you to be maybe a captain of his team today? Maybe he would be electing that. And we done talked about the multitude. We done talked about all the things that he had. And, and the Bible said he was moved with compassion on them because they had fainted, because they were scattered abroad. See, on the day of Pentecost, why God moved in such a way because on that day, mm, boy, I could say something right here. You, you don't like them Pentecostal people. They wear that hair up on their head. <laughs> wear them long dresses. Even some of them Mennonites, they the same way. You can just about tell when they, when they show up. But one thing about it, they're going to do, they're going to stick together. They're going to stick together. And the Bible said on the day of Pentecost, they was in one mind, one accord. They was all together. It don't matter if you've got a business, you may have people work for you and you might think, my man, man, I, yeah, I think that guy's with me. Don't you fool yourself. 
Somebody offer him another dime an hour, he's gone. Ain't he, Brother Harris? You'll keep him all winter, make it all through the winter, get ready to put in the crop, give him his Christmas bonus, and about the time you get ready, Brother Ronnie, to go put the driving on the house after you done made a place for him to go, I want you to know I'm going to quit. Yeah. That's right. Don't you fool yourself. They were scattered abroad. And what God wants today, he wants some people. He said, choose you this day whom you're going to serve in Joshua 24. He said, as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And Brother Randy, what he got is, if he ever sees a time where people start getting together from one mind, one accord, and it's all about Jesus, it don't matter if you come over to my house and help me on no job no more. It don't matter what you do. Look, I'm in this army. It ain't about what you did. It's about what Jesus did. And I'm ready to go to battle for God. They were scattered abroad. And they was as sheep having no shepherd. Can you imagine? They say sheep, and you know, God, the Word of God kind of relates that to us. We as the sheep gone astray. We choose our own way to go. We're, we're, we're like that, and we, we're like that. And so we know that the Bible talks about how sheep have to have a shepherd. They, they have to have someone to take care of. And I come to tell you that, that Jesus Christ was really their shepherd. He, he had come and preached to them. We, let's get past any of the preacher deal, the deacon deal, or whatever may give you an excuse not to do what you're going to do for God. I believe that God today is wanting to know, is there any help coming? And I know that he said in his word of God that he would raise up a people one day. He said they was as, as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith his disciples, the harvest, then saith he to his disciples, he said the harvest is plenteous. So much work to do. Jesus said there's so many lost people, there's so many people, listen, that's lost, but he said how I'm really going to get to them is, is I'm wanting to send Billy here, I want my spirit in him and, and I want Billy to go by there and carry some chicken. And I want them to say, I don't understand why Billy Lemons done drove all that way to bring some chicken by at the death of one of my family members. I don't know why I just got that text, said anything I can do and I really could use that person, I don't know. But see, it's through the, as I heard one time, more attention do they pay to what you do than what you say by your actions, about what you've done. It ain't what you said to them. I have sometimes people be able to say something rude or whatever, but in, in result, I know that they would come. Huh. It's help on the way. I'm almost through. This man right here, one Sunday, got me in a jam. <laughs> this guy. Not only he got me in a jam, he had bought the lock, stock, and barrel, all of the stuff that they couldn't sell. Somehow or another, this man bought it. <laughs> and he looked at me with them puppy dog eyes. And he said, Brother Eddie, if I don't get that stuff, I'm going to lose it. 
I got to get it. I said, Billy, how are you going to get it? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm trying my best. I mean, say something. Let me off the hook, brother, some kind of way. All I know is I'm going to do the best I can. I didn't really know what kind of jam that I was in. Brother Doug, Sister Valley, y'all didn't know what kind of jam y'all was in. John and Wayne, you didn't know what kind of jam you was in. Jalen, you was in on that, wasn't you? We was in the jam, Houston and Jacob. My word, what a jam. What a jam. Man, we went up there. There was a multitude of stuff just on that top floor. All we had was these little 16-foot trailers and some pickups. First of all, we loaded some back. He, he should just carry it and dump it in my backyard. Man, after we done that, went to dumping in the backyard. If we can't come dumping in the backyard, if it'll rain, it's going to mess every bit of his stuff up. So when we got back, I, I called Brother Larry Fitz and I said, Larry, I seen a trailer outside. Of, I said, if you just got some broke down trailer that you ain't using, I like, don't you lie to me, Larry. I've already seen that broke down trailer. <laughs> Man, look, but what I'm asking you is, what I'm needing is Billy's needing a place to put all this Stuff. <laughs> and it's probably going to be there a long time, like forever, till Jesus comes. Man, we move stuff way in the dark. I'm here to tell you, what is that trailer? 53 foot long and how wide is it? I don't know. And it's 102 inches and how tall is it? Look here, we done put that stuff all the way from the floor, all the way to the top. Look here, I'm here to tell you, we had a multitude of stuff on the top floor. Somebody went down in the basement of that place. They said there's more stuff in the basement than there is on the top floor. He needed some help. He was probably praying, it's help on the way. Now let me tell you something. If this brother needed us to go get all that stuff, how much more God needs you that you're going to be able to say something to somebody to do something in somebody's life to make an influence on their life. Probably you're going to have to deny yourself of something. It's going to be somewhere that you want to go bad, but you ain't going to be able to go and you've got to deny yourself and you've got to love them. And it's through the love. The Bible said the love It said, well, cover. How does it go? Love covers a multitude of sin. Love will cover a multitude. Somebody can say, that Billy Lemons, man, he ain't no count. You don't know what I know about Billy Lemons. I'm going to tell you, he's all that. But I'm going to tell you, Billy's always loved you. You'll say, I don't know about all that. All I know is Billy Lemons has always been good to me. So anytime somebody wants to come across, as yesterday, a man was in this building that told me he was an atheist. I said, no, you're not. You're not no atheist, man. I said, you're over 2,000 years late to be an atheist. Because nobody's going to stand forward with excuse and every day you get up you already know that God loves you. You already know that a monkey didn't make the trees and the rainbow and make you even though sometimes you look at folks and say no I ain't saying that. <laughs> Jesus is wanting to know 
It's help coming. See any help coming? I, I don't know all my life. I've heard preachers preach. And they would say, I don't know what's going to happen to the church. Hadn't you heard that, Renee, all my life? You worried. They worried. They was probably looking at me at the time when they said that. That if everybody's going to turn up like that boy back on that back road, is there any chance or there any hope for the church? And the Bible said, upon this rock, which is Jesus Christ, which is the man speaking to us today, he said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail it. I just come to ask you today, is any help on the way from you? He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. I started out today. How many times? How many times if you said, if I just had some help? I could have finished that project if I'd have just had a little help. Boy, how I wished. Sometimes you'll say, how I wished. Boy, I wish you'd have come by and seen me yesterday. Johnny's, you've been working on that roof. Just, I mean, I remember down there building my daughter's house and here come you and that last one I built for Lindsay. Johnny Goodman came and boy, it was hot as blue blazes. We had a little old tent thing even up on the subfloor. It was so hot that sun would jump off that. And here comes Johnny Goodman, his old big bare self and had his nail apron on. And man, I had all the walls laid out and had all the marks on the plate. And man, up with the walls we come so many times that the foundation's laid and nobody says anything about it because it's hard work. You've dug the footing, you poured the concrete, you put the steel in, you put the field sand in the slab, Brother Harris, you got the concrete poured, you know. Now you're laying all the floor yours. And on her house, it was actually somebody let me buy, borrow one of them lifts. And I was laying that subfloor by myself and I would be able to scoot across there and was gluing it. Nail it down. I remember with Houston, like you missed you miss the place. It was so hot. Like, I wonder I even got one of them. What do you mean I missed one? I mean, it was hot. But I was so glad to have some help. And when help finally came, man, was able to get so much done in such a short time. It's help on the way. Let me try to finish. He said, the harvest is splendid. You know any lost people? You any people that don't go to church nowhere? Do you know people that want to go to church, but they don't think there's not one that's going to fit them. Maybe they hadn't tried yours. The harvest is plentiful, but the labor is a few. And here's Jesus. He said, will y'all pray with me? Can you imagine? A compassionate Jesus. He said, will y'all pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors to the harvest. Who's going to be a laborer? Pray that he's coming. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be something as the state trooper other day, he kept asking my daughter. She was standing there after the wreck. She had her stuff there. And Kelly was going down to talk to the truck driver to let him know it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I don't know how he must have felt to look up and realize that he's run through that light. And he's going to hit this car. Can you imagine what he felt like? Can you imagine what he's thinking? I wonder who's in the car. Man, can you imagine how much relief it must have been when Kelly come out of the car and seems okay. Then a nurse was there. She said, is anybody else in the car? She said, no, it's just me. But the state trooper, after all that was standing there with her, didn't leave her side. 
He said, are you sure someone's coming? She said, yeah, my daddy's coming. And he was in Jackson. And he said, well, he's going to be a while. And she said, you don't know my daddy. <laughs> oh, do you know your heavenly father? Do you, do you know how many times he doesn't come through for you? I know, I know, I love life too. Man, I, I don't like nobody messing with my schedule. When I'm scheduled to do something, somebody messes with me. But I want to tell you that God wants to mess with your schedule. He wants to mess with a little bit, but I want to tell you something. He'll bless you for everything that you'll do for him. And I know that there's so many people in here that you do so many things to show your love for folks in a subtle way. And that's what the Bible said, that nobody would ever hear about it. Maybe I just come to encourage you today. You don't have to do nothing different just because I preach this message. But if you're doing that and you're showing God's love, I just want to come encourage you. You just keep on showing God's love through what you're doing. You just keep on being, being Jesus' hands and your feet and I just want to thank you as a church for coming, for your attendance. In this county, the attendance of churches are lower than it's ever been. And in so many other counties. You know what that lets me know? That the Bible says that, that at the, in the last days there's going to be a great falling away. It says when you least expect me to come and what God does in all that is he wants to see who's real serious about him because that's the one that's going to go to heaven and he's coming for you. We've got a lot of opportunities all we in this church. There's always people. You know, there may be a time that somebody in your family is in the hospital but you're not in the hospital. Don't try not get to be with one of them, one of them like ain't nobody calling, checked on me and there you are and you ain't got a blasted thing wrong with you. Just remember maybe when they did check on you when you needed them. I don't really need nobody to bother me when I'm well and trying to cut my grass. I'd rather you not stop because I'm trying to cut my grass. Amen. I, I, I really, but if you're sick, but if I'm sick, you know, show sure is a blessing when you come back. And that's really all I had for you today. Is God good today? Amen. Is there anybody here today that's lost and you say, man, I, I'm lost and I've never been saved, and, but I, I really made up my mind before I come to church today that I was going to do that. Does anybody want to come? You just step out right where you are. You won't, you won't never be loved at a, around a place you say, Brother, it is kind of weird how you're doing today. No. You know, and I, you know, say, I go through life and I try to handle everything myself, but it ain't going good, and I, I know I need to trust in the Lord, and, and, and you, you want to be saved. You, you come. We'll pray with you. There's folks are gathered around you. This is a wonderful church. It sure is. I sure do love you, and thank you for coming. Uh, it's a great church, I know. It used to run a lot, lots of people. And the lady asked me the other day, she said, pray for a church. She said, we had, we had 12 people on Sunday night, last Sunday. And that, it was a time where, Lord, that church was full just in my life. What happened? You know, what, what happened? I, I don't know. But the Lord said, I sure do need some help. So keep helping him like you're doing. I'm sure you're doing, you're doing a lot. Just keep on. God's good. Can you stand and we'll, we'll be dismissed. As we stand to our feet.
Brother Larry Fitz, will you dismiss us this morning? God, we love you so much, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Amen. Brother Jerry.